Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer. Is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in a special Wednesday in the Thursday edition of New York, New York. A Subway series was played. One fan base very happy. One fan base downright miserable. The Mets sweep the two-game series. They win Wednesday night in dramatic fashion. Good couple of days for the Mets. Little bit of a wake-up call for the New York Yankees. And there's a lot to chew on here with this Subway series. Um, I'm going to start with the positive here from a Mets perspective. Because the Mets went out. They needed these games more so than the Yankees when you think about where they stand in the National League East with the Braves neck and neck for this division. And they put a couple of really great games. On Tuesday, it was the grittiness of Taiwan Walker. It's the Mets getting off the map when they're down two to nothing before you can blink an eye. Escobar with the home run. Marte with the home run. 
Then finding a way to win the game late. Great work out of the bullpen. Couple of mistakes from the Yankees, which they took advantage of. And Diaz, who has just been an absolute freaking rock star all year. He's been lights out. He's been unhittable, shutting the Yankees down, even surviving the spike on Tuesday. Well, Wednesday, you thought the deck in many ways was stacked against the New York Yankees because of the lopsided pitching matchup. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Mets, Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees, and Scherzer was absolutely brilliant, even on a night when he did not have his best stuff. Throw seven shutout innings against the Yankees, a lot of hard-hit balls, but made big pitches when he needed to. Got judged early in the game with a couple of runners on base. Gets judged again with a huge spot in the seventh inning, and you're thinking right then and there, all right, that is going to be game, set, match. The Mets are going to find a way to win this game. Not to be. Now, there is a glaring difference, which we will get to, between the two managers. And I thought it was obvious in this series. Buck made a boo going to David Peterson. Didn't like it. Didn't agree with it. To me, you go to Lugo there to start off that eighth inning. I don't like the idea of bringing in a starter who hasn't done it that often just because you have a lefty or two coming up. Walks Anthony Rizzo. Boom, Gleyber Torres hits the two-run home in the right field. And at that point, with no Diaz, you're thinking the Yankees are going to win this game. But the little things, and this is what I'm going to harp on in comparing Buck and Aaron Boone. And I already see people giving me shit for this tweet. Oh, how can you say that? Uh, that's not fair, JJ. Bah, 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 bah. Watch these games the last two days. Between Boone, like an absolute moron, sending up Joey Gallo yesterday, thinking Joey Gallo, who hasn't done anything all year, is going to hit a home run. And then today, I had no problem with Clay Holmes pitching the eighth inning. Here's what I had a problem with. In the eighth inning, runner on second, two outs. McNeil is up. McNeil puts the ball in play, hits the ball hard. Escobar cannot hit right-handed pitching. You walk McNeil. He gets away with it because McNeil hit a BB that Gleyber Torres basically picked, closed his eyes, and made a really good defensive play. Here's the problem, though. Why is a lefty in Peralta starting the inning to face Escobar, who ranks against lefties? That's just stupidity. And the little things. I know you stat geeks don't take it too seriously. Bigger picture. Yeah, the Yankees are going to win a lot of games. Aaron Boone's good with the players. Aaron Boone has done a fine job this year. That's not the point. The point is this. In these big games, in games that come down to nitty-gritty, hey, you're the Yankees. You want to win a World Series. The goal is to get to the top of the mountain and win a World Series. This manager still scares me in the big end. You can't tell me any other way. Now, he's going to have to prove it like this team is going to have to prove it. I don't trust this manager against Cora. We've seen that in the past. Buck here in this series. A.J. Hinge, you give me the big-time manager, he has ran circles around Aaron Boone. I don't trust Boone managing in these big games, making the right field, having the right touch. I don't. I don't. And this is not trying to diminish and disparage the job that he's done this year. He's done a good job with the team. But was it noticeable? Yes or no? Was it noticeable in these two games? Tight games, a lot of moving and shaking, a lot of mixing and matching that the Mets have Buck Showalter in the dugout and that the Yankees have Aaron Boone in the dugout? I thought it was pretty alarming. You guys could call me crazy. You guys could say I'm overreacting and I'm being irrational and I'm not being fair and I'm not being practical. 
You guys don't watch baseball if you think that. I'm sorry. Buck is a guy I'm going to have a lot more confidence in. And for the Mets, this should be a major confidence booster for them. They had a rough start to the second half, losing the first two against the Padres. Two really good wins. Their stars showed up in this series. Alonzo with the home run tonight. Marte walking it off. Marte yesterday with the big hit. Lindor getting involved in the proceedings. Diaz doing his thing. Scherzer making Judge look stupid. From a Mets perspective, this is everything that you could want. And I'm not even worried right now about DeGrom and how he's pitching in minor league games. He feels good. He's coming back. Great. The reminder for the Mets, though, was in the bullpen, arms are needed. And a bat is needed. That, that, that is no surprise here. That is something that we already knew. But a good couple of days for the Mets. And listen, the Yankees have not been great over the last three weeks. They're going to be fine. They're going to win this division. But in some ways, despite my critique of Aaron Boone and what I saw here in this particular Subway Series, and, you know, the Yankees not getting hit at all with runners in scoring position going 0 for 16 with RISP in these two particular games, I almost, in a way, and this sucks to say because, listen, if you're a Yankee fan, don't sugarcoat it. Don't beat around the bush. I hate losing the Mets. I hate it. Some Yankee fans try to diminish it, say it's not a big deal, doesn't bother them. It, it bothers me. Now, maybe that's because I work at SNY and I got to deal with a lot of Mets fans in my life. No, I don't like losing the Mets. And, and if you do, you're kidding yourself and you're lying to yourself. This is why I say it all the time. I want no part of a Subway World Series. You, you think I want to deal with this nonsense and this agita and this stress and this aggravation? I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to be bothered. It's going to make me too miserable and it's going to stress me out way too much. I'm glad in a way, though, the Yankees have had these last couple of weeks as opposed to rolling right through July and kind of falling under false pretenses. I'd rather hit the skids a little bit now, right before the trade deadline next week, and be aware of the fact that, you know what? We need another big start. Matt Carpenter, love what he's done. He's got to be the caddy for Josh Donaldson. I don't want him as an outfielder. Can't have Gallo anywhere near the team. Donaldson's not hitting. Maybe I can spell him with a guy like Carpenter and I go and get myself an outfielder. The Yankees got work to do. Big pitcher, outfielder, and bullpen arms. Their bullpen, even with Loisaga, even with Chapman pitching better in this series. Bullpen is a need. Well, I love when I can break news right in the middle of my open. I was in a real shitty mood. I'm not in a shitty mood anymore. Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees. I am now in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Andrew Benintendi. Yeah. Stick it to the Red Sox. Give me a bat that puts the ball in play. Give me a guy who's a good glove who's going to lengthen this lineup. Let's go. I'm in a good mood now. Losing the Mets? Sucked. Good for Cashman. That's one move. More work to be done. Good job by Stefan. Get me this info right as I am doing the New York, New York Open. This would have been problematic. I would have been in a position where I'm saying, oh, I got to add this in. I got to work this in. Shitty series. Manager scares me. But now, Outfielder. And I hope the corresponding move is getting Gallo out of here.
I don't want to see him ever again. I want him out. This series really annoyed me. I'm in a better mood now. I'm not going to lie. I'm in a better mood. All right, my buddy Salakata, we're doing a little home and home. I'm going on his radio show. He's coming on the pod. He's a big Met guy. He's doing a fabulous job. I give Sal credit. He is doing a fabulous job with Baseball Night New York. I'm on with him all the time on SNY. He's going to go out. He's going to be into it. He's going to be giddy. Well, at least I'm in better spirits. All right. Woe to New York, New York. Sal Okada, my pal, coming up next. Hey, I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpit stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it where my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness from my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. So it's perfect timing that as the New York Mets take two games from my beloved New York Yankees, the outstanding, and I say this because I work with him all the time. He's a good buddy of mine, but he's fantastic now, taking the reins for baseball night in New York. Salakata is with me. You spent too much time with me to begin with, and now another 15 minutes. So what's up, pal? And I'm looking forward to having you on the radio show. It's like a home and home. I know. know? I love it. Uh, It it is great. First of all, thanks for having me on. And it couldn't be a better time for me, somebody who grew up a Met fan. This is nice for a change, being on the winning end of the Subway Series. I love it. Well, listen, two good games for your baseball team. And you, to your credit, have been steadfast. Even when the Mets went through their little funk with it not scoring runs and the Atlanta Braves play out of their mind basically for six weeks, you have been confident. Hey, the Mets are winning this division. It's different. It feels different. And in these two games, Sal, they're a resilient bunch, man. They're a resilient bunch, this Met team. And I thought it was more important for them to do something in this series than the Yankees. Yankees have a huge division lead. As you know, we know it's all about the postseason. For the Mets, they're not there yet. But you can see that it is different. You can see that they're a good ball club. And that's the reason why I believe in this team. You know that I've been ripping them more than anybody the last 10 years or whatever the case may be. Because they deserve it. It's different. Think about this way. Buck Showalter has been hired as a manager. What have you seen from him in that dugout in comparison to what they had with Luis Rojas and Mickey Kelly? A winner. They went out and got Max Scherzer. Instead of going out there and getting four or five useless pieces and nickel and diming their way to putting a team together, they go spend $40 million a year on the best pitcher available and try to pair him with DeGrom. I know DeGrom's hurt, but Scherzer, worth every penny. And he's only had 13 starts or whatever it is, worth every single penny. That's why it's different. And the series, to me, that changed everything was the series two weeks ago in Atlanta. Braves had all the momentum in the world. Red-hot team, can't be beat. Mets were going in there, kind of depleted. No Starling Marte, no Jeff McNeil. And the bullpen was overused. I don't think Diaz was available for the whole series. And they went in and took two out of three from Atlanta. Once that happened, I knew what I thought early on was going to be the case that the Mets would win the division. I knew that they would hold off the Braves. Even when it got to a half game, I wasn't concerned about it. Now it's back up to, what, four in the loss column, three overall after the series sweep. But they're a legitimate, good baseball team that has a chance to win it all. How good is Scherzer in these games, man? And listen, we've watched him for years. He's pitched with the Washington Nationals. You saw him last year with the Los Angeles Dodgers. But there is just such a confidence and a swagger and a bravado. And, dude, you can see it. The team feeds off the energy of Scherzer. Like, there are certain guys where you just circle them and you say, 
They're a game changer. Scherzer coming here is a game changer for the Mets. He's taught, really them, he's taught them how to be professionals. He's taught them how to go out there and compete at the major league level. It's remarkable. You talk about it on the field, and I can say, well, he's only had 13 starts or whatever it is, which you would think, wow, geez, 13 games. We guys making $40 million a year. How's the impact going to be that great? But it has been because even on his off days, he makes everybody else better. Dude, he's been, I mean, he's been unbelievable. Been better in advertising. Yeah, right. Not good. He's been better. And to a point where, like, I knew, I know it's the Yankees, and I have a great lineup, but I had no doubts that Scherzer was going to go out there and shut them down. And look, he can give up the long ball, right? We've seen that happen, and he's done it in the postseason. It's not like he's perfect every single time out there, you know, in years past, but the guy is an ultimate competitor. He's the ultimate professional. I love everything that he's done, not only on the field for the Mets, but also in that dugout, in that clubhouse. I think he's been invaluable. I know you have a lot of fun at Aaron Boone's expense, and I have been a harsh critic the last couple of years. Full disclosure, I wanted him fired last year right. after the Red Sox series. Could have hired Buck. Well, listen, that's what I was screaming for in July last year right. when the Yankees were playing like crap. To me, it was the perfect George type of move to make. They didn't want to do what they like, Aaron. He's a good guy. He's good with the players, blah, blah, blah. We know the spiel. But in big games, Sal, it's noticeable. When the Yankees are beating the crap out of teams and it's easy and you have Cole and you're going right to a closer, yeah, you and I could manage the team, for goodness sake. Right. But you've seen it against Cora. You've seen it against Hinch. And you saw it in these two games. Little decisions. The idea of Escobar hitting against the lefty. The idea of not walking McNeil when Escobar is up next. Yesterday, sending up Joey Gallo. Like those little things that can decide big games. I felt it was obvious in these two games. Like, the Mets have a top-notch manager, and the Yankees have an average manager, and it showed. Which is why I wanted the Mets to hire Buck to begin with, because I figured that's one less thing you have to worry about. Once you hire a real manager like Buck Showalter, and by the way, there are real managers, and then there's Buck Showalter. He's next level. I don't even worry about that anymore. I know, he, now look, nobody's perfect, but I know he's making the right move. I know he's going to do whatever the smartest thing is for the baseball team, with Aaron Boone, you don't know that. And I refer to him as a data applicator. I know he took offense to that. You know, he got wind of it, whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of these guys aren't managers anymore. They're data applicators. And I thought Boone was awful in this series against the Mets. And look, I do like him personally. He seems like a nice enough guy. I, I think he's gotten better since he first came aboard with the Yankees. The experience has helped. But the problem is, to your point, it's all about the postseason. And I can't feel good about him managing in a postseason series. How could you? I mean, now listen. I love Dusty Baker personally, right. and Dusty Baker is a winner, but in playoff games, he's had his shortcomings, and that's the team you're trying to beat in the American League. I get that. So it's not like you're managing against, I don't right. know, uh, Tony LaRusso and his Even Dave, Dave Roberts, Roberts with the Dodgers. Dodgers. They've right. won a World Series. So like, there is an example of a guy like Boone winning. Right? Right. John right. Farrell, for goodness sakes, right. won a World Series with the Red Sox. Right. But it still scares me until I see it. I'm going to have concerns, and that's why I wanted to make the change last year. And, and the reason is because the Yankees have dominated. I know last year was the aberration where they didn't dominate the regular season. But for the most part, in this run, the Baby Bombers, Aaron Judge, whatever, since 2017, they have been dominant in the regular season. It's been the postseason that's the problem. So nobody can doubt what Aaron Boone could do in the post in the regular season with this Yankee team. It's the postseason. It's that offense. It's the pitching. It's the decision-making from the manager. All those things get magnified come playoff time. And I, look, they have a shortcoming inside that dugout. There's no way you can tell me that if the Yankees and Mets somehow play in the World Series, 
that there's not a clear advantage with the Mets in the manager. Can uh, you segment. believe he sent Gallo up yesterday? Like, I think about it 24 <laughs> hours later. And How if, about Kiner Falefa ripping a double off of Scherzer, too? Like, of course. He, yeah, right. Of course, because guess what? He puts the ball in play and makes things right. happen. And the idea of playing for a home run for a guy who's hitting 160 and hasn't exactly hit a whole lot of good pitching this year I'm like, anybody who's watching that game, like, you're a Mets fan, you're laughing at the idea of Gallo coming up there. And how about his excuse afterward? Awful. Saying, A, that it wasn't about getting a hit, it was about getting on base or potentially hitting a home run. Meanwhile, Kiner Falefa has a better on-base percentage anyway than Gallo, who doesn't, like you said, you and I do. And then he talked about forcing the hand of, you want Diaz in the game? That's what you're trying to do to get Diaz in the game? That was an idiotic move. Leave Kiner Falefa up, who could put the ball in play, who's had two hits. Clearly a way better hitter than Gallo. And maybe he could do damage against the lesser pitcher, the way less pitcher in Adovino, if Buck decides to leave Adovino in, which he might have against Kiner Falefa. Because that's a good matchup there, righty on righty. I don't think he goes to Diaz uh, in that spot. But who knows? Either way, it was a dumb move by Aaron Boone. And one of many, as you said, this series. I thought the Yankees were sloppy. I thought Boone was bad. And listen, the Mets needed this series more than the Yankees. Yeah. Let's be fair. Where Atlanta is at in the National League mm-hmm. East and the way the pitching matchup set up, I know I felt going into the series, I would have signed on a dotted line for the Yankees getting a split. Doesn't happen. They had chances to win. Diaz is unbelievable, right. man. I can't believe It's very rare that a guy in New York who fails the way that Edwin Diaz finds a way to fail in 2019 to a lesser extent in 2020, even throughout some glimpses of last year, guys normally don't get to the top of the mountain after dealing with that sort of adversity. Are you now at the point with Diaz where you have full-fledged, Thousand percent confidence. Big game. They're playing the Braves next week. Utmost confidence with Diaz? Yes. And can you believe that I'm saying that? No, I can't. And the reason is, and you're right, and I was never more sure of anything in my life than Edwin Diaz would never make it here as a closer with the Mets or in New York after 2019. How could you ever think that he would recover from that? Some people did, and I was ripping them left and right. I don't think he was good in 2020. And he got a little bit better in 2021. And something about, I don't know if it was Buck Showalter or the fresh start, something about this year. I said, you know what? Let me bury the hatchet with Diaz before the season and give him a clean Good timing, slate. by the way. Yeah, I got lucky Good because timing. he's But the point is— I was wondering is, if that was in May or April no, or the beginning of the it year. Was, yeah, luckily, right before the season, it was just some— I think it was the clean slate with Buck, all the right moves that they made. Now, even with that being said, I never thought he would be this good. He has been—you know, I still thought there would be issues about him in the postseason or in big spots. Dude, he has been so good. How could you not be confident? I mean, we were talking about him today as a Cy Young contender. I mean, I think he's going to win the award, but the fact that we were talking about that speaks volumes. And he's so confident in himself, and he's so dominant. He's forcing Mets fans or people who watch him to be confident in him because he believes he's going to get it done, and he's gotten it done. So why would I expect anything other than what I've seen? It's not 2019 anymore. Back then, I expected him to implode and give up home runs and walk the ballpark. Now, I don't even worry about it. And I'll tell you, the, even with Jarese Familia, who I thought had the best closer season that I've seen from the Mets in my life. In 15. 2015. I thought he was the MVP that year. I know everybody talks about Cespedes and obviously Murphy in the postseason. I mean, season. that Dodgers series in the Cubs series couldn't touch a guy. For, and regular season, Terry went to the whip with Familia. He was great. I think Diaz is having a better year than that. This is the best closer that I've seen a Met have in my lifetime watching a game, watching the Mets season. Okay. They had a good series here. You're thrilled about that. But there's work to be done. Let's be fair. The Mets, between now and August 2nd, have a couple of needs. What is your dream scenario? Like, don't, So let's take Soto out of it. Yankees yeah, clearly right. aren't getting him now. I think it's a beyond the long shot that the Mets are going to get right. him. So let's take Soto out of it. 
Salicata will be happy on August 2nd if the Mets do what? Right now, I think the best. I don't want Wilson Contreras. So I wouldn't mind David Robertson from the Cubs. Here's what I want. You don't want Contreras. I don't want Contreras. What's the logic there? I, I, if I'm going to get a catcher, I want somebody who could actually catch. And Contreras is not a defensive guy. So here's the bottom what line. What if he's catching a couple of days a week? Yeah, I don't like that. Because I think they're getting him thinking that he's more of a DH, where I think they need to upgrade DH. You want a DH, DH. Correct. Like a Martinez type. And the catcher. Right. So the home run situation or the dream scenario would be J.D. Martinez and Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. Vasquez would be tremendous. Co- correct. He so, would be yeah. tremendous. Now, He's a cool little player, man. And, and if they have to take on some contracts, some bad contract from the Red Sox to do so, I'm all for that. I think that would be the power move. Again, they need two bullpen arms, one of the better righties on the market, and a lefty. That's that's what I would want in the bullpen. And then a legitimate DH and an upgraded catcher. Now, if you give me three of the four, I'd sign for that. I don't want Wilson Contreras, though, and that being the big move. Let's say Robertson and Contreras the big move. I don't think that that's enough offensively, and I don't like him as a catcher. Now, look, you could say McCann could come back, and they have Contreras as DH. I personally don't love that one. So I think the home run dream situation for me, J.D. Martinez, Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. And with the Red Sox and what they're doing over these last couple of games, uh, I'm looking right now. They got to be sellers. They lost again to the Guardians. I mean, they are now a game under 500. Yeah, And they've been playing awful baseball. No defense. It's a weird vibe with them because they got a lot of guys expiring contracts. You got Devers. Yeah, we talk about Judge all the time. Devers is an absolute stud. They're gonna right. have to pay him three hundred million. Xander Bogarts. Don't be surprised if Xander Bogarts gets traded, which would be unbelievable. If they trade Bogarts, can you Devers, believe that? And bets. Yeah, they yeah. had bets and they let him go. The Red Sox is not the Pirates. This is the Red Sox. And I always say, if you're a team that is in a position that has to trade those guys, you have failed as an organization. And fortunately for us, now the Mets being involved, you're a team like the Mets or Yankees or Dodgers or Padres, whoever, you got to take advantage of that, whether it's a national trading Trey Turner a year ago, like we said with Mookie Betts. And now in this case, if Devers becomes available, Bogarts, you do whatever you can. Soto with the Nationals, you do whatever you can to go out and get those guys if at all possible. I'm fired up about Benintendi. You're probably sick and tired of me saying Benintendi this, <laughs> Benintendi that, because I've said it now. Going back to last right. year when they ended up getting Gallo. Gallo, one of the worst pickups they've ever made in the history of the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, he's an embarrassment. The, the bats are pathetic. Yeah. We were roasting him in April. Right. Uh, the Stack Geeks, they take a big fat L on that one. Yeah. You remember when the Stack Geeks were coming after us about yeah. Joey Gallo? Oh, like, he'll be fine. Oh, his yeah. hard hit raid yeah. and his on base. Yeah. How about under 200, a zillion strikeouts, yeah. not any good. Right. Um, Non-competitive at bats every time. Beyond. Yeah. So now they get a gamer. They need more, though. Is Castillo the guy for the Yankees? I think he is. Yeah, I'm with you. We've talked about this a lot on Baseball Night in New York. I think he's the perfect fit. Now, look, I do love Ben Attendee for them. See, to me, he complements what they already do well. We know they hit with power. He hits with average. And he's a lefty, he, and he balances it good out. Good defense, oh, yeah. proven in the postseason. Perfect fit for the Yankees. I think it's a perfect fit in their lineup. Now, go get the most important piece. And I do get, I get the feeling they're going to get him. I think Castillo is nasty from the Reds. He's the perfect fit. He might be better than Garrett Cole. I know Cole's had a better career and better resume, but in the postseason, I mean, we've seen Garrett Cole struggle in big spots at times with the Yankees. He hasn't been that dominant ace, so they need somebody behind him in that rotation, and then you can move Cortez in three. I think that's a nice one, two, three with Cole, Luis Castillo, and Nestor Cortez. If I'm the Yankees, with the addition of Ben Attendee, if they could get Castillo and then maybe a bullpen arm, they're as loaded as you could possibly be and take your chances and go try to get back to a World Series. So, first year hosting Baseball Night in New York, yeah. where it's day in and day out. Now, listen, you're doing radio, I get it. You're doing the SNY hits with me, right. but it's different. You're in a half-hour baseball show 
you're guiding the ship. And listen, it's been, this is the first year I've really worked on the show. I did a little last year, right. but this is the first year I'm coming in at least once, twice a week. Right. Love doing the show. Dude, it's you fun must show. love doing the show. It's a great show. I love it. I love the opportunity. The, the schedule is what it is. You know how this business can be at times. Doing the overnights make it a little more challenging. But this particular job, I absolutely Love it. First of all, baseball is my first love. And then you talk about being a Mets fan, being on the Met network, and getting to talk about both the Mets and the Yankees, who are good for the first. This is going to be the this is going to be the norm, I think, moving forward. We know the Yankees have been good. They've been the constant, even though they haven't won a World Series or got it once in 2009. The Mets are now there. The Mets have entered the chat. This should be the norm moving forward. So I couldn't ask for a better opportunity. Plus, you know the show. It's fun. It's not all serious. It's we have, fun. We yeah. fool around. The game shows. We have some, and, we'll do lineup card. Yeah, we right. do this. We do that. Check it out. Shameless plug. Baseball <laughs> Night in New York. Sal Licata hosting. You'll see me there a couple of days a week. Now, final one. I've said this multiple times, and I'm curious to get your take on it. We've talked about it. I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Subway World Series. Okay. You want it? You want no part of it. I acknowledge I want no part of it. Because from a Yankee perspective, there's nothing to gain and there's everything to lose. You could call me cowardly. You could right. say I'm being lame. You could say I'm being this, I'm being that. The Yankees haven't been in the World Series in 12, 13 years. They make it. I don't want to see the Mets. No, I want no part of that. Here's why I don't think you're being cowardly. I think you're being realistic. Here's why I don't want it from a Mets perspective. And I've heard Mets fans that do want it, Yankee fans that do want it. I can't understand the Yankee fan that wants it at all. Yeah, because at least at the Mets, listen, if they lose again, What's the harm? Been there, yeah. done that, lived it in 2000. The Yankees, uh, uh, 04 is, right. nothing could ever top that because it's 86 years of history, right. Bambino, the whole deal. I got to hear Mets fans. I mean, I'm at City Field yesterday. I'm thinking to myself, I'm walking out of there and the Mets beat the Yankees to win yeah. the World Series. It's going to be a disaster. Right. So from the Yankee fan perspective, I don't think that it makes any sense that a Yankee fan would ever want the Mets. You have nothing to gain. Here's why I don't like it from either perspective. Because this is how I felt in 2000. The Mets, for the first time in my, like, you know, adulthood, right? They made the World Series in 86. I was seven years old. But going to games and went to, like, 50 games or whatever in 2000, I think it took away from the team that I rooted for. The coverage, the intensity, yeah, yeah, the it, moment. It wasn't about the Mets going to the World Series. It was about the Subway Series, the Mets and the Yankees. So even from the Yankees' perspective, and it's different because they've been to so many, but the Yankees haven't been in one since 2009. If they get there this year, it's not going to be about the Yankees getting there. If the Mets are there, it's going to be about the Subway Series. Same thing from the Mets' perspective. It won't be about the Mets getting to the World Series and taking on the American League. It'll be about the Subway Series. So the idea of sharing the spotlight with the other team, that is what turn is a turnoff for me. It, uh, goes along with the fact that the intensity of it, which I can't take. Look, I went to the games in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. I lived it. I can't do it anymore. It's too intense for me. Too stressful. It is too stressful. I can't, too stressful. I can't do it. I don't want any part of it. So a Subway Series, World Series again, I can't. I, I'd rather not. I think the Yankees deserve their moment if they get there. I'd rather see Yankees-Dodgers from a Yankee standpoint or whoever. And for the Mets, they deserve their moment if they get there without the Yankees. And I'll game. tell you this. If the Yankees win one before we get it, it'll be easier for me to enjoy. Full disclosure. If the the Yankees, let's say the Yankees win this year. Right. Argument sakes. Right. Then it's Mets Yankees the following year. Different story. Right. It would still suck. Right. I'd still be miserable. Same with the Mets perspective. But it's different. Well, right. If the Mets got back to a World Series and won one, I don't then sign me up. I don't care. Let's do it. Subway Series. Different though, especially you're talking about, you know, I know the Mets went in 2015, but they haven't won one since 1986. They shared it with the Yankees in 2000. I just want 
the Mets to get to a World Series, take on whoever, the Astros, the Twins. Now, I don't think it's realistic. I do think the Yankees are going, but I just, I hate the idea of sharing the spotlight. Same thing, like I said, for the Yankees, taking the attention away from the individual team's achievement. Buddy, I have a feeling over the next couple of months, we're going to have a lot more of these home and homes. I mean, it's just going to end up yeah. working out that way. October, <laughs> Yankees, Mets. I yeah. see it all the time anyway, so right. what's the difference? Why not? No, and I'm looking forward to having you on the radio show tonight. We'll probably do the same thing. I was going to say, I will enjoy the home and home. That's Sal Licata, the host of Baseball Night in New York, WFAN, Man of Many Talents. All right, calls when we come back. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got the home and home with Lakata. I mean, I see Lakata now all the time. I mean, he's probably sick of me. He probably sees me more than he sees his wife, for goodness sakes. I mean, baseball night in New York, Geico sports night. Now he's coming on the pod. I mean, Sal's tremendous. He's done a great job hosting baseball night in New York. And listen, Ringer is my home. I love what we're doing here with Bill and Spotify and Ringer and all this good stuff. I mean, we're at City Field yesterday. We're doing all these shows. The live was incredible. So I know a lot of you were bummed out we didn't post it. Hey, sometimes you got to be there in the moment. You missed a live, you missed a live. But I'm very, you count your blessings. Even on a night when the Yankees get swept by the Mets, that you get to do what you do. Working here at Ringer, doing stuff at SNY, I'm very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. Now, before we get to voicemails, Stefan, last night was your first Subway Series experience, which I did not realize until we hit about the bottom of the fourth inning, and it's you and the great Anthony Makes and my sister Caroline line them up to Jastrzemski. Um, we're sitting down the first baseline at City Field. So, Mr. Anderson, first Subway Series experience. Did it live up to the hype? Bro, it, it was electric. It was electric, man. I can't even lie. That was That's a, one of those, like, once-in-a-lifetime moments. Like, one of those things that you cherish. Like, it's priceless. You couldn't, you can't pay for, for those kind of moments. Um, the let's go Yankees. <laughs> let's go Mets in between. Like, you just see it, all the fans. Like, everybody's high-fiving. They're mad. The judge MVPs, the... The the Alonso MVPs. It was just it was just electric. You seen uh Edwin Diaz come out. It felt like Mariano Rivera was coming With out. With the last trumpets. Night. I mean, oh listen, God, I, I can't crazy. say I was rooting for it. It's a cool intro. Gotta give it credit where it's crazy still. It's cool intro. In there last night. It felt crazy in there last night. Like walking in and hearing the the sounds, because I got in a little bit late. I heard the sounds, the echoes of Judge's home run, like outside the building as I'm coming down. I'm like, wow, like. This is it. Like, this is what you signed up for. This is New York, New York at its finest. Well, dude, we will get to do it at Yankee Stadium in a month, hopefully for a better result for our beloved New York Yankees. Absolutely. Um, and I'll ask you the same question I asked Lakata. Are you down for a Subway World Series? Or do you want... I want no part of it. I know it'd be great for the show. I know it'd be great for New York City. Bro, I can't handle it, man. Dude, you walked up with me. You yeah. walked up with me from the low level <laughs> Where? up to what the press moment. box when we had to do the Spotify Live yesterday. Yeah. Imagine that times 10,000 if the Mets are celebrating the World Series against the Yankees. Dude, I could not deal. I could not yeah, deal. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't deal with it because I was getting texts from all my Met friends. You know, yo, bro, it's time to come to the dark side, man. You know, we just try to convert one more Yankee fan over here to the Mets side. And I'm like, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. But 
as a producer, putting on my producer hat, I would love for a Subway Series World Series. I would crave it. Like, every day would be something to look forward to. Like, uh, I mean, listen, the show the would Bronx, be electric. Queens, uh, I know our friends calls. at Spotify wouldn't be happy with this answer for me because it's my fandom coming out of me and just the selfishness and the angst and the stress and the odds that I would deal with. But, hey, both teams are going to be in the playoffs. Both teams got a chance to do something special in the month of October. And I can tell you this, as the kids like to say, Stefan, it's going to be lit around here come October. Oh, man. yeah, it's up. It's up this summer. It's up this fall, man. I can't wait. Playoff baseball, we, like, last year, we got robbed of playoffs baseball. Um, we haven't had any big runs outside of the Rangers in New York sports. So, like, yeah, I'm craving it, man. We need some good playoff action. And Yankees and the Mets are the best story in town, man. Can't beat it. Can't beat Stephon, it. Stephon, and on that note, before we hit calls, Phenomenal job. The audience does not know this. <laughs> Stefan, as I am doing my open, I am not on Twitter. I'm in a moment. I'm not one of these guys that got 10 zillion notes in front of him. But he puts in a little Slack channel. Yankees got Benintendi via Jack Curry. So I was like, boom, that's extraordinary producing, baby. That's what oh, we do man. around here. Jay, we got a weld-on machine over here, man. We just got to keep it running, man. We just got to keep it running, man. I, w- I wish the viewers could have seen how you reacted to the news. I Hopefully, they'll see the video tomorrow. Well, I was going to say, but, hopefully, we get the video up of that. But I'm that, not looking that a little was, crazy in the studio Oh, right now, my God. Like it. It, was, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, man. I, I promise you, like, that, that was amazing, man. I, I'm glad I got to get you that news when I got it to you. 917-382-1151. Let's make some magic Subway Series post-game voicemails. Stefan, the floor is yours. JJ, Brandon from Westchester. And Nintendo news just broke. I'm fucking stoked. Let's go. I feel like we still need to make a couple more moves. I'm looking more towards Castillo now and D-Rob. If we could get D-Rob and Castillo and get Ben Nintendi, I call that a success, beyond a success. So I'm going to make it short. What would it take for you to be happy with this deadline? What else do you think we need? All right, JJ, catch you later. Let's fucking go. Listen, I love that you're pumped up. I'm pumped up about Ben Benintendi, but I, I can't let it overshadow what happened in the Subway Series where I'm annoyed about the Yankees and their inability to hit the Mets and their inability to hit and runners in scoring position. And I hope that Andrew Benintendi is going to help when it comes to that. And hopefully that loser Gallup put his last game and his lasting moment is coming off the bench and haplessly striking out against Edwin Diaz. But, what would be my dream deadline for the Yankees? You nailed it. Castillo, Robertson, and boom, Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi fits this team perfectly. And seems like the vaccination stuff's going to be a whole lot to do about nothing. Just like Merrifield, playing on a winning team, glad it's going to be a non-story. All right, who's next? Hey, Jay, Charlie. I'm Hamilton's calling. So I don't care about the Subway Series. I'm actually talking about this report. Comes from Jack Curry. Finally, the Yankees are getting Andrew Benintendi. Uh, I mean, get rid of Gallo. I mean, as much as the Carpenter has been a godsend, but his outfield skill are not made for in terms of the arm strength and on and on and on. He's better off playing infielder or DH. And especially Benintendi at speed and high average. Puts the ball on contact. A, at least proven when he's with the Red Sox. Mookie Best was not the only threat. When he comes to Yankee Stadium, Andrew Benetton, how many times has got killed the Yankees with the short portion right here? So, so far for Cashman, 
finally they make a move. I'm, I'm very, very like, you know, looking forward to it. And they better release Gallo with this move. And Ben Intendi is going to be a good fit for the team. AOE's proven postseason, uh, proven as well with the Boston Red Sox. So no brainer, no brainer. Forget the unback stuff. Deal with it. But I need more from this. I need more from this. I don't like how the starting pitcher is going with this thing. Give me Luis Castillo. Give me Luis Castillo. All right, man. See ya. I think that's going to be the next rallying cry for the New York Yankees. And Ben Intendi was in an early July funk. He has come out of it. You look at his numbers. 321. Good on base. On base right around 400. Good glove. Probably going to hit at the bottom of the order for the Yankees. The Yankees are not going to hit Andrew Benintendi at the top of the order. But that's perfect. Let him be a guy that can anchor that bottom half of the order where the Yankees desperately need a boost. And I do think Benintendi playing at Yankee Stadium, even though he hasn't hit a lot of home runs this year, he's going to be able to yak a couple out of Yankee Stadium. He's the lefty. He's got a swing that's tailor-made for that short porch. And when he was with the Boston Red Sox, he did a pretty damn good job of taking advantage of that short porch. I love this pickup. More work to do, but excellent, excellent stuff at deadline for Brian Cashman. Who's next? Hey, JJ. This is Jeremy from Long Island. Just saw your tweet about feeling free to gloat. As a Mets fan, I think it's uh, my responsibility to do so. You mentioned in another tweet that uh, the Mets have an advantage in the dugout, and I think Tuesday's game really reflected that. Tonight was awesome. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but I think the Yankees were managed well. But Tuesday, you had a double steal with Judge and Rizzo, a pickoff. Uh, you had just Joey Gallo pinch hitting in the eighth inning. Uh, Anthony Rizzo swinging on a 3-0 count. You know, just all these little things that the Yankees probably should have won Tuesday, and they just didn't. So it was great to watch, and it was a great series. I'm so pumped. And if I'm a Yankee fan, I would be concerned with this and with the way they faced Houston in big spots. It feels like Boone might be back to his old ways. Now, as a Mets fan, I'm really, really happy. But uh, it's just interesting to me how, like, little things. And, and Buck, in the ninth inning, uh, in this game, just does the right things. Nito laying down a bunt, Marte getting the big hit, Nimmo running that ball out. He didn't just give up. Ball goes off the pitcher. Now there's only one out. Marte gets a hit, and the Mets win. It's just a tale of two different kind of managerial styles and how that results in uh, a series sweep and a series loss. So, interesting stuff. See, I'm going to take you to task on something you said regarding today's game. I disagree with you. I liked him going to Holmes in the eighth inning. Why is he pitching to McNeil? He got away with one. McNeil roped one right at second base. What Holmes against Escobar was the obvious matchup. And then you screw yourself in the ninth inning because then you got to have Wandy Peralta against Escobar when Escobar is wearing out left-handed pitching. That's sloppy managing. Yesterday, it's funny. You, I, you had an issue with Rizzo swinging 3-0. I didn't. The guy hit it to the moon. Just missed the salami. The double steal, that's not on Aaron Boone. I'll tell you what it is. Sending up Joey Gallo. But taking Peralta out after he threw two pitches, that's on Aaron Boone. And the little things, I've noticed it now. Against Cora, against Hinch, and you saw it in these games against Buck Showalter. You can't tell me that you feel great about Aaron Boone in a big game making that right gut instinct type of move. I'm sorry. I think Aaron's good with the players. I think Aaron is very likable. And listen, nobody's going to argue with the results and the success of the Yankees this year. But in big games, and that's what this is about, big games for the New York Yankees. Do I trust them managing the Yankees? I do not. 
And if you do, I, I think you're a little delusional, quite frankly. Or you just don't think a manager matters. And I disagree with that. I think a manager can matter in these sort of situations. Maybe not over 162 when you got a really good team, but a team trying to get over the hump, yeah, I think it comes into play. All right, we got two more. Let's hear them, Steph. Subway series sweep for the New York Mets. Hey, John, it's Jake from Charlotte. That was awesome. <laughs> that was definitely awesome to see as a Mets fan. Um, Scherzer came in and, you know, he dominated for, you know, close to seven innings. And then David Pearson comes in, you know, gives up the lead. And then Seth Lugo, probably his best performance of the year so far, came in and shut it down and gave the Mets a chance. Um, Starling Marte with a big hit at the end. But, um, I think Seth Lugo is definitely the player of this, uh, of this game tonight. Um, came in. You know, shut it down when needed to, gave the Mets a chance, and that's all I can ask for, and they delivered. Um, you know, this Mets team all year long, you know, they piss you off one day, they make you happy the next. It's just the, it's the way it's been, man. Resiliency, hard work, don't give up. Um, but, yeah, man, that was awesome to see as a Mets fan, to uh, see them get that Subway Series sweep, and especially with the walk-off hit by March at the end for the little exclamation point. Um, I'd say one thing for the Yankees, which they should uh, take away as positive, is Domingo Herman actually played uh, pretty well tonight, um, only letting up two runs. It's not bad at all. Um, you know, the more he pitches, the more he'll return back to his form because he can be a pretty good pitcher. Um, but definitely, go Mets. <laughs> um, hopefully they can keep it going against uh, the Marlins and uh, can't wait to see what they do with the trade deadline. All right, JJ. Thanks, man. Bye. Good call, Jake. Mets are a resilient bunch, man. We've been saying it all year, and they were resilient in these two games. They fall behind two to nothing. Boom, they score four runs on Tuesday. Wednesday, after Peterson comes in the game, Rizzo gets on, Glaber hits the home run. You don't like the Mets' chances of winning this game. Lugo made some big pitches. Escobar, big in this series, starts it off with a double, and then Marte. Marte's a really good player. I don't know how he's going to age over the course of the contract, but for right here and right now, if I'm a Mets fan, I am thrilled that I have Sterling Marte on my team. Guy's a gamer. Guy just suits it up, makes things happen, well-rounded, winning player. Sterling Marte is a winning, winning player. I love that move when the Mets made it, and it's paid immediate dividends so far this year. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. Hey, JJ, Charlton Queens here. I'm absolutely disgusted. Um, Yankees just Play like absolute dog shit those two games. You know, hats off to the Mets. They're a better team than us right now. I think it's, I think it's plain and simple. Um, tonight, every part of ball went hit when went to a Mets outfielder. But I mean, I tell you, if this series doesn't wake up our front office and Brian Cashman to make a trade, this team has to get better. They are not good enough to compete, uh, for a World Series right now. Um, we have to deal with the scale problems too much. Strike too many strikeouts, too much trying to hit the home run. Um, we just got to we got to get another hitter in there. Got to get back on the bullpen. We got to get another starter. I mean, it's just the team is not good enough right now. I'm disgusted with the way they played, um, and I still can't get over Aaron Boone pinch hitting Joey Gallo for IKF yesterday. I'll never understand that move, and I, I, it might have been the worst managerial decision I've ever seen. Um, I'm disgusted. Listen to the Mets fans out there. You got us now. We'll see you. We'll see you in Yankee Stadium in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, JJ Weber Show. 
Well, I appreciate that. Look, the Yankees did not have a good series. They did not hit with runners in scoring position. Their manager had a rough couple of days. Montgomery was terrible yesterday. I think Herman, all in all, Herman gave you all you could have hoped for. Pitching in the fifth inning, made the mistake to Alonzo, gave up a hit to Lindor, two runs over five innings, basically. I would have signed on the dotted line with that for Domingo. And maybe Herman could be somebody that helps the Yankees out of the bullpen when they go and get themselves another starter and when Severino gets back in the fold. But that's why bringing in a guy like Benintendi helps this lineup drastically. And curious to see where he's going to hit in the lineup. My guess would be, now that Benintendi's here, your best lineup when Stanton gets back, it's Benintendi, Judge, Stanton in the outfield, Rizzo at first. I think it's Glaber at second, Lemayu at third, and then your DH is either Donaldson or Carpenter. Donaldson had a good couple of games against the Red Sox and went right back into a tailspin. In fact, I wouldn't hate a platoon there in the playoffs. Donaldson against lefties, Carpenter against righties. Donaldson may not like it, too bad. Start hitting. You want to be in a lineup, you got to hit. So that's why this was imperative for the Yankees. And this is why it's better off losing some of these games. Not to the Mets, but in general, over the last two, three weeks, no complacency from this front office. A lot of work to do. Still, for both of these teams. Because the end game is a championship. A lot of work to do. All right, before we say goodbye, money, we'll hear from you. Hopefully a winner. I had a hell of a day. I was on the uh, the Better's Eye MLB show. Although the Red Sox let me down. I think I went three and one. I gave out under in the Yankee game, winner. I gave out Phillies, which was a winner. Diamondbacks, which is a winner. Lost the Red Sox. I'll take hitting three out of four. I wish I could do it more often. All right, money when we come back. All right, before we say goodbye, and we will have a Jeter pod tomorrow. Jeter pod tomorrow, episode three and episode four. And we got a pretty damn special guest who's going to be joining the show, might I add. The great Mariano Rivera, not too shabby. Only the greatest closer in the history of baseball. Mariano Rivera on episode four of The Captain. So we got some good content coming tomorrow. We moved up the pot a day. Good decision there. And then we're back on Sunday working on Terry Collins. Don't know what day we're going to have him. Terry's going to join us. I got to email him, actually, as soon as we finish up this show. Um, working on a couple of different things for next week. It it doesn't stop around here. I can tell you that right now. I, I who, who in their right mind thought July was going to be a layup month for me? <laughs> Think again. All right, Jeff Money, let's hear it. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. Picks is going to be for tomorrow, Thursday, the 28th. Got one game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians. I'm showing an early line of minus 110. Over the Boston Red Sox, but we're going to roll with the Cleveland Indians. I'm showing 110 at the moment. Okay, JJ, everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. You would think tomorrow the Yankees on the run line would be an excellent play. I mean, wouldn't you? They got the Royals coming in who are 19 games under 500. They just traded away Benintendi. I mean, they're going to be insanely public. I, I, And I hate playing run lines with home teams because you're losing at bat. You got to think that's a great spot for the Yankees to just absolutely bludgeon the Royals. Um, and I will be on Cleveland tomorrow after what I saw from the Red Sox tonight. They're now under 500. McKenzie's throwing the ball very, very well. That is absolutely a smart play. I would be in on the Red Sox tomorrow, and I'll tell you another one I like. Give me Seattle with Logan Gilbert on the mound. He's been great. 
The Astros, I know, are coming off a sweep against the Oakland A's, which you don't expect. Seattle, going to get some wins against the Astros. So give me Seattle, give me Cleveland, and Yankees on the run line for some Thursday Major League Baseball action. Fun show. Stefan killed it. I mean, what a show for him. Calls were terrific. Remember, tomorrow, Jeter Pod, episode three and four, me and Jacko, and number 42, the Sandman, Mariano Rivera, greatest closer in history of baseball, will join me back with our New York, New York show on Sunday. And then we got the trade deadline coming up next week. And we'll start doing some football next week as training camps start to get on the way with the Jets and the Giants. What a time to be alive. Gotta love New York, New York. Even on a day when it makes me miserable. JJ out. Be good, everybody.